0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, the world's number one ranked fitness, health, and entertainment podcast, we answer fitness and health questions that are asked by listeners and viewers just like you. But the way we open the episode is by talking about current events. We'll bring up studies. We have a lot of fun. That's the intro portion of this episode that's 39 minutes long. After that, we get into the Mm. fitness questions. By the way, if you want to see the episode as its timestamp, so you can fast forward to your favorite part, go to mindpumppodcast.com. So let me give you a breakdown of the episode. We open up by talking about morning moodiness. Had a little experience of that with my daughter this morning. Can't wait till she becomes a teenager. Then we talked about bullies, our experience with bullies and the potential value of bullies. Uh, We talked about a show on Netflix called My Octopus Teacher. Uh, Justin and Adam are having a good time watching that. Yeah, a little uncomfortable. I talked about a good website I think is very valuable these days called allsides.com. This is where you can find your news source and see which side it leans towards to see if you're being uh, unbiased with your opinion. Uh, Then we talked about the bike wars, the workout bike wars, Peloton, Amazon, Apple, Apple, Who's going to win? Our bet is on Peloton. Then I talked about a company who just IPO'd Compass Pathways. This is a pharmaceutical company that's trying to produce psychedelic medication, legal psychedelic medication for treatment. That's kind of interesting. Hooray. Justin's super excited because it's yoga pant season. Fall is here. That also means pumpkin spice. Hey there. Everything. By the way, Organifi, which makes amazing organic supplements, Now has pumpkin spice-flavored gold juice. This is what you take at night, relaxes your body, gives you great sleep, tastes amazing. Mix it with almond milk. It's incredible. Pumpkin spice is their new flavor. By the way, because you listen to Mind Pump, you get 20% off any product from Organifi. Here's how you get that discount. Go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Mind Pump. Get 20% off. Everything in their store with the code MINDPUMP. Then we talked about Halloween, whether or not that's going to happen or if it's going to be canceled. Uh, Adam talked about using tea tree oil on his scalp. Scalp, that's how he says it, on his scalp. Scalping. By the way, uh, Dr. Squatch makes incredible products, including shampoos that have tea tree oil in them. Great for dry scalp due to fungus or bacteria or if you have dandruff. All natural, no chemicals. Smells amazing. And it's like uh, a Manly Musk. You get 20% off all their products because you listen to Mind Pump. Here's what you do go to Dr. Squatch, that's D R S Q U A T C H dot com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for 20% off. And then Justin talks about going to the movies in the COVID era. Then we got into the fitness questions. Here's the first question that we answered What is contralateral training and who does it benefit? Here's the next question. Is alkaline water uh, valuable? Is there any applications for water that advertises itself as alkaline? The next question, is foam rolling good for recovery? And the final question, in our opinion, how credible are personal trainers if they're not in the best shape? So the chubby trainers, do they have a lot of value? Mm. Uh, Also, look, uh, Mind Pump produces workout programs that can be followed online. Uh, we have some of the most popular workout programs available anywhere. They're called MAPS Fitness Products. We have a lot of different MAPS programs. Okay? We have programs for people who like to train like bodybuilders. We have programs for beginners, people who want to work on their functional mobility, a lot of different kinds of programs. Now what makes a workout program effective partially is if it's the right program for you. What is your current fitness level? What are your goals? What do you want to work on? Follow the right program, get great results. Follow the wrong program, get bad results. Now, all MAPS programs are written and created by three trainers with a combined experience training real people of over 60 years. We know what we're doing. We're not just celebrity trainers. No, We're real tra- In fact, we were real trainers well before we got on social media. So you know the workouts work. Also, all MAPS programs let you try them out for a full month. Uh, And within that month, if it doesn't do what you think it's supposed to do for you, you can get a full refund. So they're risk-free, okay? If you want to check out all of our MAPS programs to find out what's best for you, just go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Again, that's mapsfitnessproducts.com. Dude, I had a terrible realization this morning. Hmm. So I'm the oldest of four kids, right? Hmm. I remember distinctly – maybe you remember this too, Adam, because you're the oldest of uh, a bunch of kids too – I remember distinctly my sisters going from sweet and happy most of the time to completely unpredictable and crazy a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I remember I was right around eleven or twelve, and it was just like, "What happened?" You know, and I wasn't really old enough to understand. My daughter's eleven. And the uh, the morning moodiness Ooh. is just yeah. This morning was a good time. Oh, it hasn't even fully
2: set in. There, that, bro. That's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> She's just warming
1: up. That's the fear, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, it's it, yesterday. Just like cuddly, <laughs> hugging dad. Oh, I love you. It's so great. This morning, you know, she wakes up. Come downstairs. Oh, hey, honey. I go to give her a kiss. Get away from me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Like what did I do? You bite your hand. I off. think my sister. Like what did I do? My
2: sister and I were pretty inseparable till we were about twelve, I think. So right before high school was the main, main divergence, right? So once we hit high school, oh, you guys weren't cool in high school? No, we were just so different, right? So she was, even though we're only one year apart, I'm sure she'll check me on the dates on this because she like remembers this is like vivid memories for her, <laughs> like, <Yeah>. right? When, <laughs> when we like was when, so when I was like I'm going my own way. Well, we were we're only we're only uh, you know we're only what thirteen months apart from each other but because she's in december and i'm in early november uh she's we're two grades apart from each other but so growing up as kids we we played with each other all the time we were best of friends and then i think junior high uh when she was in junior high still i was making my way into high school that gap was enough and you know once you get into high school like i'm too cool to hang out with my little sister and so i probably wasn't hanging out very much with her and then when she gets to high school she literally like resents like every person that I hang out with, the type of person I hang out with like she was like anti the athlete and cheerleaders and the, that was like totally my, my so, life
1: so from your perspective she's punk rock she's the totally. one she, was,
2: she did my she my sister went through an I was all, like all yeah. black face
1: you know yeah. what I'm saying she
2: went through that like yeah. she was she was like the out of the two of us I would say she was the, the bad one in school like I was the goody goody kid right <laughs> she, she was like the bad she was one. the bad kid the and, rebel. I, and I swear she did that because uh, it was just because she went the opposite direction as me I, I, st- I feel I'm sure she'll clear this up because
1: I know her. She's such a like you wouldn't think. Yeah, that. Yeah, she's like a sweetheart.
2: What? You guys, my sister's got an edge to
1: her, bro. Oh, uh, I could uh, I could see that I mean, maybe a little bit. But yeah, like, if like, I had to, if I knowing sorry. both of you, if I had to guess, I mean, you know the sweet side because she
2: handles customer service, right? So you guys see that she's like, oh, man, she's so good with our people and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you don't want to
2: cross my sister, dude.
1: I don't uh, I don't think that. But if, knowing the both of you, if I had to label one of you uh, an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it on you. Oh, let's say Adam? No. Yeah, I'm sure she likes that, God, but no. Yeah. <laughs> no. So Raise my, your hand my if you theory,
2: my theory is that that 2-year gap, right? So because we were like I said inseparable till like 12 of me getting into high school and becoming too cool, right? To hang out with my little sister. I think that built up animosity. So then when she came into high school, it was like evaluate like who my brother is, who he ha- he hangs out with, like the group, the clique. And then she like identified with the complete opposite, you know.
1: Uh, do that yeah. now? Do they still do? Are clicks still a thing in school? Like they were when? Because we, when yeah. I was when we were in school, well, you're I, the one
2: with the high schooler, so sure. you would know better than anybody. Yeah, yeah
1: but it's uh, it doesn't seem as strong. And, but I don't know if it's just my little you know slice of my kids' school because mm-hmm. I remember being in school and they were distinct like. The stoners hang out over there. Yeah. That's the, the job. The goth
3: kids are in the parking lot. There's
1: the skaters. There's the yeah. goth kids. And, you know, right. it was very, very segregated, you know? Yeah. Was it like that? It was like that first Nerds are right? around
2: the library.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, it was definitely like Justin that. Justin looks at me when he's yeah. <laughs>
1: I yeah, think they're
2: yeah. more inclusive now, right? I think that, that that's like such. Oh, a Oh, they're so much nicer
3: now. It's
1: ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I think it's such. Yeah.
2: I think that's more of a more of a message now that in in school. Maybe
1: that's, maybe that's what it is. It's like now the you have the inclusive kids over here, <laughs> and then everybody yeah. else is over there. Yeah, you know. Maybe uh, yeah. Do you think there's any benefits to the 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 meanness? I think there's a little bit of learning. I from do. That. I mean, just, just, <laughs> yeah. No, like, I just I I think
3: that like. This is preparing you for outside life. Like people are not always going to be nice to you. Like how do you deal with that? I talk about this with my kids all the time because there's like this one kid, uh, Ethan, my oldest. Like he's he's had a really hard time with, and of course he gets paired with this kid in every class. Like the last three years. Oh wow. And so you're gonna that, have to fight him. Well, and he gets like, <laughs> dude, come on, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do a good job parenting here. Yeah, you know what I mean? a, so he's, yeah you're gonna yeah, have
2: yeah. to fight him, son.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) No, I'm like, look, you're gonna have people like this your whole life. Like, you don't want to hang out with them. Like, they're gonna interject and like butt their way in, and you know, like, be rude and uh, try and blame you for things. Like, that's just like human nature. Like, you got to figure out how you're gonna be able to deal with this because, uh, you know, this is something that you're gonna see later on in life as well. So it's been tough though because it's. I mean, he's learned how to deal with it and, and how to basically. Uh, uh, tell him, like, look, I don't appreciate this, and he's, like, very much more, like, in his face about it, and then the guy's leaving him alone. Mm. And so it's been a good learning lesson, but... Again, like if if it was if I was another parent, I'd be like, and they're like, no, you can't have this kid in class with him. My kid shouldn't, you know, suffer because this kid's being an asshole.
2: Yeah. I feel like Sal's more likely to get defensive like that. I feel like he would be more protect. He has more of that like a uh, protective. Uh,
1: side well, of him. so you have, you have to be smart about it though. You know what I mean? Like if you go in and you tell the what do you teacher, mean, like you hire like a hitman for the kid. Well, or like or you like go take his knees. Like out. you <laughs> go intimidate the other kids' Nancy parents. <laughs> you know what I mean. So like I would, I, I find this you the, would threaten the, the dad. bully's parents, <laughs> and then I'd go threaten him and be like, if your kid, you know, I'm gonna have to kick your. Head. No, yeah. that's not. what Do I ever tell you guys about the time that I I advised one? So I had a client that I trained, and she brought me her son to train, and the kid was 13 years old. And one of the reasons why she she had me train him is to build his confidence. And part of that was because he would get bullied at school. So I'm training this kid, and I'm trying I'm just focusing on fitness. I'm making and I know what fitness does. If you do it right, you don't even have to preach. It just does build confidence. But this kid would confide in me about these these kids, and there was one in particular that really used to bully him pretty bad. And the mom, she was a single mom, very successful though, and she would go and talk to the school. But this kid, was a real piece of shit. I mean, really, just bullied. So he would tell me stories. So, and i'm now I'm getting emotionally invested in this kid because he's my client. He's right. kind of like a little, you know my like I feel like he's my little brother, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. so I'm giving him advice now at, at some point. And he's like, yeah, he he follows me because I, 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 he would say, what do I, what should I do? This kid always bothers me, says things, he pushes my books off the desk. I'm like, well, your mom's, you know talking to school or you know what's going on? I said, well, maybe you should ignore him. And he goes, he follows me home from school. He rips my backpack off my back. He pushes me. So he's telling me this. And one day, he, the kid followed him home from school and pushed him down. And then he got up and just walked away. So I'm like, oh, man, I hope I don't regret this. But I said, okay, here's, here's what maybe you can do this. I said, next time he's following you, turn around and tell him you're not going to move. Say, I'm not going to move. Don't come near me. I'm not going to move. And put your arm out. If he gets close enough to where you could touch him, hit hit him in the face as hard as you can (laughs) and send him a message. And so and I said it a little bit better than that. So he did it. The kid, he stopped. He said, I'm not going to move. He put his arm out. The kid came close. He hit the kid in the face. They got in a fight. Mom got all pissed off. Oh, my God, my son, this and that. But guess what happened? Never bothered me. Yeah, never, didn't never, mess never with them again. Never bothered.
3: Lots of things. Just being assertive and standing your ground. That's that's the biggest thing. And that's yeah. like w- when they face that, and like you're something that's not going to be moved so easily. Then you know they'll they'll back off. They they want an easy target. Yeah. Or you'll get
1: jumped like I did several times. Or that. In junior high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: didn't work so well for me. Yeah, it builds that character. To me in high school right? too it builds dude. character. Don't you think? exactly? Uh, yeah. It toughens to, you up a little bit. Gave me a little bit
1: of a
2: reputation. So Ethan's has dealt with it then, huh? Justin. Yeah. You, yeah. This. Kid kids are old uh,
3: you know punk and and it's been it's been a headache say for his us. name on the podcast no <laughs> i don't want to do that <laughs> he's already dealt with him like a few times and had physical uh interactions with him and and has been able to now get him completely to
2: leave him alone now i'm not there yet so what's that feeling like is it now do you see him like pete teacher parent conference things or yes here's the thing
3: i there's always a background story right so uh, again this is also why i like cobra kai and and, you know not to (laughs) just keep bringing it up but (laughs) what dude they showed johnny's background what I'm trying to say is this kid it's a, it's, has shitty a, there's parents. There's a life analogy yeah. in Cobra Kai. He's, emph- every-
1: He's empathizing with his son's bully. <laughs> the, the kid has shitty parents. Okay. And, and, yeah. and you know, there's probably
3: abuse there or sure. something course, going on. Of course, totally. And so I realize that. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to then tell, you know, Ethan this kind of stuff without saying it, like, you know, specifically. But, you know, he probably doesn't have the best, you know, home to go back to and is looking for ways to take it out. And, and so, you know, you see that when we go to these parent-teacher conferences. And stuff like this guy, like, it's just a real piece of work, you know. And it's like, I at first I got like mad, and I was gonna like, you know, just like, like, I, like I was gonna confront him, you know. And be this like, hey this your kid's an asshole, you know. Like, in and, and but like I saw him, like, oh wow, like this guy is is a real piece of work. dude This is the
2: same guy who was like smoking weed on like the the high school like thing. Remember you told a story one time oh, yeah. about like one of the dads. You guys were all going somewhere. And is that like, that dad?
3: No, that's a he's another winner. That's that's one we just you know how as a okay so as a parent you kind of just cut off like certain like little friends of theirs it's like oh, oh yeah yeah you're not going over to that kid's house <laughs> yeah no, no his dad's a, an idiot <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's a, it's a juggling act because uh as a parent you nothing will invoke your protective feelings like your kid yeah. you know something happens to your kid you, you, you just you know uh, papa bear comes out but it's a juggling act do i say something and then run the risk of my kid looking like they can't handle themselves being a tattletale. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, it, there's also value in your kid figuring out, especially when they're See, so here's the thing when they're in elementary school, maybe junior high, what's the worst that can happen? And it depends on the situation, but what's the worst that can happen? They get a shiner. Maybe they get a bloody lip or whatever, but there's a lesson learned. Once they get older, if they don't learn that lesson younger, then it can become more and more dangerous. They turn into extremists. Yeah, so you start. You got to start. You got to balance all of that out. Like, what do I? What do I do? What I do feel I say? like.
2: I mean, I I don't know because I'm not I'm not there yet, right? I I feel like I would handle it similar to what you did, Justin. I think that uh, no one told me this. Like, I went through that, right? So I've shared getting bullied and jumped and all that when I was a kid. Um, for, for your small calves, yeah, that's what that's what it sure was. <laughs> no, they matched at that age. Say, that at that age, they matched. You know what I'm saying? It's small everything. And right. Skin is like a buck thirty-five. <laughs> oh man, right? I yeah. feel bad.
3: I'm just kidding. <laughs> as long as you got a good jump shot, you're yeah. fine.
2: No, no. So you know, I I I got uh, all that when I was younger, and you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of coaching from my parents or conversation around it. It was just I, I figured it out. I dealt with it myself. And I think uh, understanding, believe it or not, the the bullies and probably how unfortunate they are and, what, and that's why it caused it, probably would have gave me a different perspective, right? Like when you're a kid, yeah. you don't see that. When you're a kid, you just see this kid who's an asshole and he's a punk. And a lot of times kids actually think that that kid's probably cool or popular because everybody's scared of him and so everybody respects him type of deal where it's like, when you start to kind of open their eyes a little bit, like son, you know, he, he probably has parents that don't love him. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably has a shitty bed. He's got to sleep in, you know, he's probably got to deal with all, when you let him like kind of understand that, like, Part of what makes this kid this way is a reflection of him not liking himself or not liking his situation. I feel like I was a smart enough kid that if you would have like taught me that, I'd probably have a different yeah, perspective. Unless he
1: uses it, you know. Yeah, yeah the kids yeah. bullying him. Hey, your dad's an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. My dad told me. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, oh. you might get a family. Oh list, yeah, you know? I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this kid starts crying. Oh, he an alcoholic? Oh, right. How'd you find out? Yeah, it's just control. You yeah. have no control at home. It makes you feel powerful, and you have control when you can exert it somewhere else. Right, right. That's right. where you know. I had one, the, one of the kids that jumped me in, in junior high, I ran into him like four, three, four years ago as as an adult. And he's a pastor and he came up to me at the grocery store. Wow! He walks up to me. He's like, Hey Sal, you remember me? And I'm like, of course I remember in my head. I'm like, yeah, of course I remember you piece of shit. But I didn't say anything. (laughs) I'm like, no man, I don't remember you. And he's like, Hey man, I want to apologize. I know I was an asshole. And. In junior high. I'm really sorry I did all that. And so he must have like, wow. Remembering yeah. all the way back to junior high. Oh, it was a big deal, dude. They, 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 cornered me in the, in the bathroom. It was like five of them Yeah, and they Damn. all took turns and I was just doing my best to defend myself the whole time. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And like, then he ends up like, being a pastor later on. Ends up becoming a pastor. And wow. Comes in a, in a, in a, that's wild.
2: In a, thing, a, a, the guilt <laughs> apologizes to me. Yes. Hey, Justin, I watched that, uh, that octopus <laughs> Fucking documentary yes. this weekend. What's it called? Isn't so, that
3: the 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 most
1: awkward
3: uh, show yes, on so, Netflix right now? Uh,
1: My octopus teacher. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I want to watch that.
3: So what's quotes, the deal with? Well, that? okay. So actually, it's it's fascinating in a weird way. Okay, so it, it it actually gets into octopus behavior and like how intelligent they are, and I think that there's really not a lot of behavioral study around octopuses, and so he. He went through all this stuff in his life, and he made it about, like kind of the drama and stuff that he was experiencing and like when he was a kid he really liked to go diving in uh you know these kelp beds and stuff and like he used to do this as a kid and so he remembered that and so he started doing that again and decided to do this like every day and would visit this one specific area every day and saw this octopus and like kind of befriended it in a weird way yeah uh, but uh, they they had a moment where they actually like had a connection like the octopus came out of its den and then put its tentacles like on its hand and they kind of connected and then it started to like would see him and like like swim over to him and like land on his chest and like hug him and all this like weird stuff it sounds yeah.
1: like weird anime oh yeah. dude <laughs> it was you like know?
3: cephalopod love it was
2: it was a little weird it was you know yeah. we we watched it because so we were at uh sanctuary this weekend and which means max is sleeping in the same room as we are and it's like i don't know he goes to bed at like 7 30 8 o'clock when we're out there and like it's eight o'clock at night, it's a weekend, and he's in the room with us, and you're in the, we're in this, you know, they're they're like little single studios, yeah. right, on the beach or whatever. And I'm like, fuck, I, I can't watch TV right now. So like, build all this thing to like cover the light so we can still try and watch TV. And Katrina's like. You can't watch anything violent or crazy, or I'm like, oh my god, what's on TV that's not any of those things, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right. Uh, so we find that, and I'm watching that, so it's perfect. It's slow, it's quiet, and Katrina hates all that that uh, all the you know nature shit that I watch, and so I'm all into it watching it. Yeah, I, I watch it with the boys; they're they're all about it. Yeah, the, the thing that was uh, your point, right? It, I don't think very many people have taken the time to try and uh, befriend an octopus like this guy did. This guy (laughs) does this for like, it took the, what Justin's talking about. I think it took, he tracks the days, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's like two, three months in of every single day coming down in the same place and letting this octopus like build trust. And getting closer and closer to him until uh, re- yeah. eventually he reaches out and kind of touches him, and then
3: and he like loses trust at one point, and like uh, he tries to like intervene and save it from like this shark that's trying to eat it, and like he's trying to be like a you know like an observer and not like inter interfere with like this whole ecosystem and whatnot, and uh, but it just got it, it was. It was fascinating, but also it's, like, him saying it and, like, how he feels about the octopus got real weird. Like, he started to dream about it and, like, all this stuff, and you're just like, dude, what else? Well, so, you know the I
2: mean? yeah, the the things that I'm, like, okay, so if we get sucked in because we're watching this octopus, and it's, like, kind of fascinating. Like, you don't see anything else. And he brings up at the very beginning like his relationship with his son, and I can't help but think like Mm -hmm. because they don't talk about any of that. Like his, it's not about this guy. It's all about this octopus. And I'm like, dude, this dad, okay, has got a son who looks like like anthropomorphizing his son, misplaced, misplaced empathy. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, totally. I mean, he's and when you see like the amount of research that goes in this, this guy spends all day, all night thinking about this octopus he's got massive charts on his wall of where it was at this time and like (laughs) oh it's crazy oh yeah for sure the obsession's real and i feel like nobody like you're the the person who's you know editing this or filming this like they don't ever ask that question like what about the rest of your life dude like this is all this guy is doing we're all so fascinated by the octopus and the story of that i'm sitting there going like this dude's gotta have a fucked up life, dude. Like, Imagine this. Yeah.
3: And then son the camera guy, his, right? yeah. <laughs> the camera guy's like,
2: "There we go again."
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's like filming him in, in his room. After he's done, he's like, "I probably should turn the camera off." <laughs>
1: <laughs> his son, I wa- think we're done here. His yeah. son's <laughs> watching doc- the documentary. Yeah. I know. Dad yeah. missed his weekend with me, and he's hanging out with, <laughs> with an octopus. That's what I feel like. I want to totally. see the follow-up, right? Well, but, dude, you know hum- we're very complex. Uh, humans are very complex, and we have this this really strong feelings of empathy. Actually, In fact, yesterday I was watching uh, puppy videos with my daughter last night before she got moody this morning, and we're watching these puppy videos, and you can't help, when you see a puppy, you can't help but think they're extremely adorable. When you learn about the theories behind evolution, because dogs and humans have have worked together for a very, very long time, and they think that dogs uh, uh, slowly evolved these puppy features to look cute to us. So they evolved to look cute so that we would take care of them. What? It's true. Think about it. How many animals do you look at in baby form and think they're cute? Not a whole lot. Some of them you do. Puppies got to be at the top other animals and like World. a spider that's a baby and, dogs are cute. crazy
3: because it's like you, you literally see coming from a wolf like what we've done to, to, to wolves you ever,
1: you ever seen those memes like a little chihuahua you know like <laughs> what the fuck how did we do that there's, there's a meme with a wolf and it's like you know I'll I'll, uh, I'll go hang out with those humans next to the fire what's the worst that could happen and then the next <laughs> picture is a pug with like a birthday candle <laughs> <Yeah>. hat on <laughs> it's in
3: a little like one of those like Louis Vuitton bags yeah, yeah. it's like what, what's going on what's, now what's the yeah. worst that could happen you used to be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yesterday, I was also uh, going on a walk with the kids, and uh, my son has definitely inherited some of my, I don't know, annoying qualities, Or mm. mm. he likes to debate everything. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So we're mm. going for a walk, and I don't care what <laughs> subject comes up. He has to argue Oh God, his side, but it's fun because him and I... He's, now, like, you, he's
2: exercising. Now, do you engage or do you coach a little bit? That, like, son, this is kind of a turnoff for most people. I love doing this with you, but not, most yeah. people are not going to love this. Certain quality situations of
3: situations might not want to go with this. Well,
1: in okay, case, so to his <laughs> credit... He didn't. He, did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he didn't. No, no. Double down, he's son.
3: Too, <laughs> he's too busy trying to argue his point. Yes, yeah. exactly, No, dude. no,
2: no. To his credit... Forget coaching that, hey, bro, this might get you beat up, bro, in school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, to his credit, he's open. Okay. He'll let, he'll let you go back and forth, but he always has a counterpoint and he does a good, even though he may misinformed, but he's young, <clears throat> right? He's only 15. He has good points that he makes. And so we can go back and forth and debate. And so what ends up happening sometimes is I'll, I'll I could tell that I've got some of his gears turning, but instead of being like, that's a good point, he hasn't learned that yet. Mm. Instead, he just stops. Okay, mm. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So
2: like that <laughs> oh. done here. Yeah. <laughs> Only fun when I win. Change the subject, yeah. you know?
1: What were you guys debating? I mean,
2: what was it get what it-
1: uh, Oh man, we got into economics. Uh, we talked about the electoral college and the potential values. So I don't want you know bore you guys with the, the details, but you know, he's making some good points. I can see what he's trying to say, and so I'm making my points and we're going back. And it was literally it, it was literally an hour debate about a couple subjects and i could tell jessica was really trying not to pull her hair out because she can hear it's cool
3: as a parent to see how they think though right i love it yeah you get to kind of find out what's like brewing in their mind and and see like you know where to kind of steer them in the right direction oh
1: dude and speaking of which there's a great website i just found and i'll recommend this to our audience it's called allsides.com and if you go there It literally will rank news sources on their bias. Mm -hmm. So you can go on there, look up your favorite news channel, uh, you know, ABC, NBC, Reason Magazine, you know, uh, Fox, whatever, and it'll tell you where they rank in terms of their bias. And then on the site, there's tests that you can take to see what your bias is. Mm. So it's a great tool because what I think you should do is go on there look up your news sources that you love to read the most do a self test on your own, on yourself and then purposely read the stuff that's on the opposite side just so you could challenge yourself yeah see this see there it is you could see the the left lean left center lean right and right and where everything do is do you actually center yeah i just feel like, is like is anything center there's anything centered there's nothing
3: them. yeah that's not doesn't come with a bias
1: well so i try to check myself because it, when i look at this chart to me they put Reason magazine in Lean Right now. Reason is libertarian. I think that's very center. Mm-hmm. So I try to check myself and think, well, is it because I'm because I'm over there more that I think everything's more left, or what's the actual deal? Right. But nonetheless, use it. You can use this to kind of guide you a little bit. But Whoa. it's really cool because you could type in uh, a site that you're reading articles from and see which direction that they lean, and then do your own test. It's is, that, cool. is that so?
2: I'm I'm looking That's at it cool. right that right now. So I'm assuming that the so you have the center, and then you have the two to the left, two to the right. Are the two closest to the center cl- considered closest to center? Is yeah. that and the the far outsides are the most extreme?
1: Yeah. So on the very left is left. Yeah. Then it goes left, uh, lean. Then it goes center, lean right, and then right. So on the extreme right, it's you know Fox News. On the extreme left, CNN, for example. But then in the middle, you have. Uh, like the hill USA today NPR uh bloomberg um, you know on the lean right you'll have like market watch on the lean left you'll have abc for example or politico but it's a it's a really really good way for you to check oh, yourself market
2: watch is considered a lean right i didn't even know that
1: you know i thought it was a little
2: neutral but i guess i don't know i don't i don't i can't recall it well, i'm going to
1: make i'm going to i'm going to make a comment but it could be my own bias but i guess if you speak economic sense you may be lean right <laughs> i mean i don't i mean that may be the case a little bit, <laughs> you know? Being Yeah, well, yeah, like,
2: know speaking of market, no, I was just reading Market Watch this morning. Are you guys watching the Bike Wars right now?
1: What Bike Wars? Oh, the, the, the bike wars, workout, man. Home yeah, Bike. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call so, it. So wait, we
2: got, we got Apple. Obviously, we got Peloton. Yep. Uh, who else? And now Amazon. So Amazon is now throwing their hat in the ring here. So we have, the, and they are going after like the market the 499 So I think a uh, bike under $500. Uh, they've partnered up with Echelon. And which is the maker of the bike, and they basically are creating something to rival uh, the Peloton bike. And it's, I mean, what, five times cheaper than even the, the newest version of Peloton. We talked about Peloton coming out with a, you know, they partnered up with a new manufacturer so they could produce the bike at a, I think, a 20% reduction of what it was last year or whatever. Uh, even at that 20% re- <clears throat> reduction, it's still five times more expensive than the the mm-hmm. Amazon bike that came out for 500 Now, what I don't know, because it's so new, is you know I don't know how it com- compares to it. Right. One, I know how that- How
3: smooth the experience, right. like
1: how integrated everything is. Yeah, because that's, that's so, Peloton. That's exactly because otherwise you just get an exercise bike. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? If right. it's not going to provide all that. So what this tells me is this tells me everything that we've been predicting, which is that the fitness, uh, there's still a huge demand for fitness. It's just shifting. Oh, yeah. And at-home workouts- is exploding and now you have all these major brands. They're trying to figure out how to get in on the action. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think the future of working out is going to obviously we've talked about this so many times, but it's going to look very different. You have Amazon and Apple, big players that usually don't have anything to do with, <laughs> you know, with workout equipment. Yeah. And they're entering into the fray, which yeah. tells you that, that they see the. the and they're the, not just originally.
2: I used to think that Peloton was just like a you know you know soul cycle at home type of deal, right? I, I really thought it was just a bike, but you know the the software offers all kinds of like workout stuff so mm-hmm. you can like turn your monitor on your bike like and you could have your little yoga mats aside with your pair of dumbbells and follow a trainer through a workout a weight right. routine so that, I mean, that competes it right with mirror and tonal and the yeah, other and tonal, ones. tonal, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all, all the, how they all shape up as far as who has I, the I
3: even sharing. heard whims of like uh, Orange Theory trying to get in on that in terms of like having statistics <coughs> and things like at home that you could like shoot
2: up to your screen. That's interesting because I, wh- I one of the things I was fascinated by with uh, Orange Theory when I was there was what a great job they did with tech. So even during the time that I was there, what, four years ago or more, I don't even know how no, long it No, way was more been, than that. Has been more than four? Yeah. When we first started. No. No, no. Oh, it no, you're right. you're right. I was there for the first year That's that right. we were That's still right. starting this, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, they were already doing things where – you know you were they basically were combining like the, the the Fitbit Feel and the connectivity to the the group and the tracking your score and you could wear it in the class you and it would sync up to the TV and see to be able to real time see your calorie burn and stuff and then your zones then you could go outside and go for a hike and be about your day and then it would track all your zones for the day and then like i said connect to a community mm-hmm. where you can all be honestly I,
3: I feel apple and peloton are going to be you know the two juggernauts in this space mainly peloton because they've been doing it the whole time this is their you know wheelhouse but also apple's like secretly like have had all these patents and all this tech that's been just mm. sitting there waiting to integrate uh and, and you saw that they just launched their their apple watch like the, the latest version with those like all these sophisticated uh new sensors they put into it and you know it's they're going to have this all all this like uh, biometric data and all that it's going to be on the TV before you know it.
1: Well, here's my prediction, okay? Just like in the gym space, it, the equipment in the gym has far less to do with the success of the gym than the workouts that are occurring, the environment. Essentially, the the feel of the facility would dictate its success way more than the equipment. I think whoever wins this competition is not going to be the one with the best bike or the best equipment. It's the best experience. The best experience, the yeah. best programming, the 100%. best workouts. That's what's going to win. This is where Peloton is crushing. Yeah. It's not necessarily that they have the best bikes. It's that their programming so far, because things could change, Yeah, is the best. So Apple could go in with the coolest bike or whatever, but if you don't have good classes, a good feel, a good environment- it's well, not gonna I, I, work. They got
2: a lot of work to do in that direction. They do. Oh, well, I also think they've already done a good job of building community. That's the to They me, have a lot of people. Yeah, that's to me, that's the first once people like something, right? It's really tough to get you to come to something try something else out. Like if you've been a Peloton person since it's since inception and they've just continued to upgrade and get better and get better and get better and you're a part of that community, like getting you to switch over to something just cuz it's you know mm-hmm. cheaper i don't see that happening i, I mean yeah. i definitely think there's going to be uh, like many things i think they'll they'll all get a market share and you're going to have this uh, obviously they're they're going after different demographics right i mean you have a bike that's Twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars versus a bike that's five hundred dollars. I mean, you're you're the type of person that is going to be yeah, able. It's to pretty afford- crazy with they're charging for a bike. Yeah, and yep. then you and then you have a monthly membership on top of that. You yeah. know,
1: here's the person that. Okay, so I don't know. This is my prediction. I could totally be wrong, right? But I think the person going for the cheaper bike probably will end up going with a stationary bike and some kind of free programming on TV without yeah. needing to get the expensive integrated bike. People who want the integrated bike. We'll go with the experience, the one that really wins, which would be, at this point, Peloton. Right. Peloton is you know, is building. Speaking of companies, um, Compass Pathways went public. So oh, right. this was the company that I know um, had some big investors. They're a pharmaceutical company who have a potential psilocybin, like magic mushroom drug that could get passed. Um, and right now is in trials. So they went public. Of course, they're exploding because there's a lot of excitement around you know this kind of therapy. But it's the first pharma company, I think, that potentially could be using psychedelics to treat legally to treat uh, you know depression, PTSD, and other psychiatric. That's exciting, man. This is very exciting. I think that uh, psychedelics, from what I've seen with the studies, uh, have so much potential to completely transform how some of these people get. Yeah, treated. you
3: see Berkeley. They. Uh I don't know if it's decriminalized or they made it uh, somewhat legal to to be able to start treating uh, patients with with psilocybin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just decriminalized right yeah. now, right? It's not legal.
1: No, but Compass Pathways has a a dr- actual drug that has that can be approved, so it's not you're just feeding people mushrooms, but rather standardized you know meeting the standards i guess now so. do
2: you see them as like kind of like gw as far as like they're the are they the, are they the leaders in this category like they,
1: they are the leaders um they just went ipo and they've so far done well um they don't have any products on market so it's still a risky investment but i think the excitement is what's going to drive it at first but if they get a drug to pass to get if it if it gets fast tracked the way that cannabinoid uh, medications did um, you're going to see some exciting stuff. And yeah. because again, the research looks crazy. You know, people with resistant treatment, de- uh, excuse me, uh, treatment resistant depression, which historically is like there's nothing we can do. Mm. Some of these studies are showing some remarkable things with psychedelic research in combination with therapy. So this could be a breakthrough. You know what yeah. else is exciting? Yeah. It
2: is yoga pants and UGG season, dude. Oh, oh I was yeah. gonna bring
3: that up. Yeah. My favorite part about fall, <laughs>
2: <laughs> basic bitch season.
3: <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> pumpkin spice, everything
2: nice. Oh uh, yeah. Did you see Organify drop their pumpkin spice, dude? Watch that thing go crazy. Which which what is it? The it's their the, gold. Yeah. Oh, we got to
3: figure out how to froth that into to my latte,
2: dude. It's already—I bet you can—and I'm sure it tastes amazing. I so bet it does. gold is already like one of my favorite tasting ones that they have, and so now you throw a pumpkin spice in there, look out! Oh, I love yeah. are
1: you guys. Big fans of the pumpkin I like, spice.
2: I do like it yeah. secretly. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs>
3: yeah, not so much anymore, but yeah. I
1: I really. What's going to happen with Halloween this year? Are they going to not probably no trick or treating? Right? Well,
3: n- well, that was the thing. I guess there was this big debate on that where they were making a hard stance of like we're just canceling uh, Halloween. I think it was like in LA and then people pushed back really hard. And so uh I think it's I think it's still happening, but it's uh, you know, at everybody's discretion. Of course it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's like you
2: can't stop. Look at the beaches. Yeah. Every time I every time I get online, like I check
1: before I go down to the beach, it's like it's
2: closed. Yeah, but do you, okay. <laughs> and then you I mean, go down there. Do you think it's people, far from closed? Do you
1: think parents are gonna a, a lot Obviously, of parents are gonna take their kids around to houses? Get I think candy. it'll be. I think it'll be a lot less. I think it's gonna be a lot less. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot. It'll less. It'll be different. They'll probably put the candy out,
3: you know, on the uh, sidewalk or something, and do that whole thing. I don't know what it's gonna look like. I just know. Well, I'll, if throw, you, I'll throw candy yeah. from my door. This is where masks actually make sense. So yeah, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Well, what are we talking
1: with about? my daughter, we said, look, if it's not happening, then why don't you have a couple friends come over? You guys will dress up anyway. Yeah. We'll watch scary movies together. Well, it's, candy.
3: it's funny too. And I wasn't going to, well, so my kids decided to pick their own costumes this year and it was very much a sign of the times and, you know, apocalyptic looking like, so <laughs> one, of my, <laughs> one of my kids, you decided to be like a plague doctor yeah
1: (laughs) oh the beak mask yeah oh yeah i'm like and i'm like
3: really this is what you want to go with i was like (laughs) all right dude you know cool and the other one's like you know like a swat and i'm like (laughs) like i don't know dude (laughs) <laughs> it's a little volatile right now. Yeah.
2: You know? Katrina wanted to dress uh, me, her, and Max all up like Cobra Kai and stuff like that. And I was like, "You got to call Justin before you do that. It's been Justin's costume for it's like like every year." Yeah, it's like he's. I think he owns. He has. That. Yeah, I have the so, patent. Yeah, so. we can't. We, we can't. We can't be that without. Actually, getting approval it's
3: funny you say that because I was going to be the. Uh, I'm like the skeleton Johnny this year, and I bought like the you know the whole like like skeleton outfit thing. <laughs> And realize it's too small. Like I can't fit it over my upper body. Like my legs, it's just like saran wrap, but like so I'm gonna have to shred it and like make it work. Wait, it fits your cakes but not the upper
1: body? Yeah. That's weird. Well, you
2: mean this way, right?
3: It's not uh, tall enough. Yeah. You no, can't put it on. It's not weird.
1: wide enough. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: That mm. is weird.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> normally it's the cakes that don't fit for you.
2: Yeah, apparently
3: a bunch of like little skinny dudes, you know, <laughs> trying to Pull off to the, their Johnny.
1: Well, the, did you get the husky size, or yeah. Get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's all the husky
2: love? You know yeah. what I mean, didn't come in that. That's hilarious. No.
1: Yeah. So how did that, uh, Adam? I know you 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 were gonna test out the the tea tree shampoo for scalp. Oh no,
2: actually, I got um, no. I've been using uh, Doctor Squatch for a while, and recently I got a I got a DM. So somebody so ever since I've been shaving my head, right? I get it's funny. I get all these uh, bald guys that like can message me now. It's like yeah. this was never. a I do this you, one's you, best for your you head
1: skin. Co- how do you cope with
2: it? No, you know, totally. Like, I, I, so I don't want to tease, right? So I'm not gonna like throw anybody under the bus, but I do get a lot of that. Like, you know, hey, how long did it take you to be okay with it and this and that? Like, no, there's a lot of that. I I didn't realize how much. Uh, I mean, we should know, right? Look all the marketing did. That's you too. bury your hair? No, no. Like, I, like, <laughs> no. A lo- it's a it's a major it's a major insecurity for a lot of men, and then. Now where I understood, and I think I've shared this on the show before, like what kept me from shaving it a long time ago was my psoriasis, right? So Mm -hmm. my dry scalp, and that was, you know, I'm like, I had a shaved head as a kid all the time, so it wasn't a big deal.
1: You say scal- scalp like like it's scalp. 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 There's an a. Scalpin. I know how yeah. I can spell it. Uh, scalp or scalp. <laughs> I'm a ticket scalper. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It sounds like it sounds like you said s. You s-calp. call you
2: calling my my lisp out right now. No, like, okay. No, no. So, anyways, I uh, yeah, I'm talking to somebody in in my DM, and he says, you know, I uh, I have really dry skin. What have you done about that? And so, Dr. Squatch has a a shampoo that has tea tree oil. So I used to get like the they I used to ma- get this brand that was just like pure tea tree oil and use it on that, and it it does wonders for my head. And I know, and maybe Sal, you know the like science better than I do on this, but I know that it's supposed to be great for like bacteria, fungus, fungal. dry skin. yeah. So all those things,
1: yeah. So a lot of people who have like dandruff, it's because they get this reoccurring kind of fungal yeah. infection on their scalp. So tea tree oil is a good natural. Um, it's a natural alternative to, like the chemical based, you know, and shampoos. it's and
2: it's normally a little expensive. So I mean, so somebody who's if you if you have this issue and you're like, oh my god, this is expensive. Well, it's because it has that in that. Like if you were to buy tea tree oil by itself, it's expensive. So mm-hmm. if you have shampoo that has that's its base. It's normally going to be. I've I've been used to paying a higher price for that for a very long does time.
1: Does it feel tingly? Do you feel like like the that fresh? No, it doesn't.
2: No, it doesn't do like that weird ting. Which all that stuff is isn't fake. isn't that
1: just a gimmick? It is yeah. gimmick.
2: It's fake. It's like toothpaste, bro. Things are happening. Bubbly toothpaste is fucking <laughs> fake. That's not doing anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So tingly, tingly hair shit is is also fake. It's, if it's real and it has what it's supposed to have and it does what it's supposed to do.
3: <laughs> it's like so. the yeah when you get toothpaste and it foams up. Yeah, like, it's like you have to have it foam up for some reason. Is yeah. that why after- it work?
1: Is that why aftershave burns? Do you think they do that on purpose? Sure. To make you feel well, like there's alcohol in it, right? So yeah, but why where,
0: though? I I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know about that about, know that about aftershave.
2: I know that about toothpaste. I know that about tingly hair stuff. Like that stuff is all oh, that is it doesn't make a difference. Like mm. that's not I don't know that. Yeah, it's not making any You should know that. I had no idea about the, the tingly the, on the scalp. I think you're the first guy I ever seen put like baking soda on his toothpaste
1: and, oh, yeah, or toothbrush good, and brush
3: his teeth with baking uh, yeah, soda. I have tried your your nasty toothpaste
2: yeah, before.
1: Yeah. baking soda and activated charcoal. Yeah. That will that will that does it's black teeth. Uh, no, not when you wash it out. Yeah, if you leave it in your face. Yeah. You t- <laughs> it looks like, you, looks like you, you bit the barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. no Dude,
3: I- oh, I was going to tell you guys, I finally, like, watched a real movie again, like, in the theater. Oh, you the went weekend. to the theater?
1: Wait, theater's In open? the theater,
3: yeah. I it, You know what? And it's it's only, like, certain locations. I guess there's, like, they, they grade uh, areas, like, we're in the blue now in Santa Cruz. Like, certain areas are still kind of whatever, red or orange or whatever the fuck. But, uh, so we were able to go and and we watched and we're like, there really isn't that many good movies out obviously right now, but there was one that looked interesting. It was tenant. Have you guys seen any of the previews for this or anything? Okay. So I didn't know anything to expect from this movie coming into it. And, uh, like, basically we were in there and it was it was immediately stressful and it was just like like just this onslaught of gunfire and you know like terrorist stuff and i'm like holy shit like this is not what i need right now you know I'm like <laughs> in there with other people but i mean it, the action was really cool and interesting and all this stuff christopher nolan the guy that did like inception and oh, all yeah. that i was like oh of course he directed this dialogue was horrible Oh, they, really? they put all their effort into like the effects, effects and yeah. in the way because
1: I hate movies like that dude
3: the concept of it was so bizarre dude it's like you, basically like and I'm not going to ruin this for people that are going to go see it or anything but uh like I didn't know the premise of it is basically like, like they, they were able to figure out like time travel and so like they, they reverse and so you have like two different plots that are going in reverse and then going forward and then they interact with each other mm. and And it's just like so confusing. And like you leave the theater like, what the fuck just happened?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, what was the experience in the theater? Did you have, did they have to separate people? You wore a mask? Like, what's the deal?
2: Yeah. How, how, what, what capacity was it filled? It was like 20%.
3: So yeah. So they had like taped off rows. And then, um, if you go in there with a party, like you just kind of stay with, with, you know, the, you know, the party. So it was like three of us, but yeah, there was, there was like clusters of people spread out.
1: You have to wear a mask while you watch the movie and the whole thing? No, no. We was uh, Blast you because they, you they eat-
3: say, yeah, I mean, they, they check as you're coming in, but you know
1: what I mean. Oh, yeah, and then how you gonna eat your snacks? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so you gotta take your yeah, mask off. But the, the bar
3: wasn't there anymore, and uh, that was a bummer. Mm. So, wasn't quite the, the whole same. reason why you go in the first place. Exactly. Ankle has landed.
0: Quas. Today's squad is brought to you by Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Matt's Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking Qua. eagle
1: has landed. Quee Qua.
0: First question is from HS Mama Snai. What is contralateral training and who does it benefit?
1: Oh, contralateral mm-hmm. training. So this would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, but essentially you are tr- you're like a, a Bulgarian split stat squat or a lunge would be considered contralateral. Opposite arm, opposite leg direction. Like, yeah. Like so, walking. Walking so is contralateral. So you're like a
3: bird dog. Uh, yeah. Basically, like we're working like from one side to the
1: other. Yeah. And essentially one side is working one set of muscle groups with one – a recruitment pattern the other side is working would be considered maybe opposing mm-hmm. muscle groups uh, or opposing recruitment patterns why does this benefit people well because we do a lot of things this way in a real life uh, every time you take a step every time you step up something or you grab something very rarely is your whole body moving together the same way you know your arm swings forward the other one tends to swing back you step forward one leg tends to be behind and so it strengthens these kind of functional patterns. I also like this kind of training because it tends to highlight imbalances Mm -hmm. in me. So like if I did a lunge, I always, I can tend to see uh, or feel one side being better in one position than the other. For example, my right leg forward might feel stronger, more stable than when my left leg is forward. And that can tell me a lot about areas I need to focus on.
3: Yeah. I like using like crawling patterns uh, for this a lot. And I know it's, it, not a lot of trainers utilize crawling patterns or like even get into these types of positions with bird dog and these types of things. But it's information. It's really like helpful information for me to see where the disconnect is, especially when there's a problem with, uh, you, you know, something with their walking, running, like anything with their gait. Uh, being able to stabilize properly and also have that uh, communication, uh, firmly established from right to left, left to right. Uh, is definitely beneficial when you get into functional movement.
2: Well, I was gonna say, contralateral training is extremely functional. Mm-hmm. It's uh, we crawl, we walk, we throw, um, you you swing something. You t- yep. I mean, all these it requires you to be able to do that for one side to communicate to the other side, and it also has a anti-rotational and rotational component to it many times. So the the functionality of training this way, I think, is extremely important for you know potential you know in injury prevention for just being better at everything that we do so i always so bird dogs were like a a staple movement like i didn't do crawling patterns as much as a trainer i didn't i didn't get into like animal flow type stuff till later on or even curious about that stuff but i see the value of it now so like when i see somebody who does train that or teach clients that i think it's got tremendous value to show people how to do that um, but it belongs in it somewhat belongs in every routine right it, i think and there's examples that a walking lunge would be that also right yeah. so there's there's more basic exercises that people are familiar with uh, that are are already in your routine yeah, yeah i
3: think too i mean like people don't really consider coordination as much and, and i know we want to build and develop our muscles and we want to lose body fat and all that kind of stuff but you know, there's a lot of value with having like full control over your body and getting it to do what you want to do on command, and you know that requires a lot of this dexterity and you know like uh, coordination, and so to be able to kind of focus on that for a bit, like even if it's just in the very beginning when you're training somebody new, like how to better understand their body and like they didn't really. You know, uh, they weren't exposed to that like when they were younger or whatever, and we could still reestablish that. I think it's very valuable.
1: Yeah, and especially if it if it corrects imbalances or movement pattern issues in you, then it's going to help you develop a more aesthetic physique. You know, a lot of people, when we think of aesthetics, we tend to think about what bodybuilders will consider aesthetic or what magazine covers will consider aesthetic. But really, the the root of good aesthetics, at least real life good aesthetics, comes from balance, right? It comes from the fact that I'm moving with good balance. Um, my muscles balance each other out. One area isn't overpowering another area. And so this kind of training, besides making you move better, can actually contribute to having a physique that looks more aesthetic and balanced. And here's a good example of the opposite of that, right? We all know the, the, the muscularly developed individual that doesn't seem very aesthetic, although they have big muscles, They move around and they seem muscle-bound or clumsy, and so it reduces the aesthetic appeal of this person. Um, uh, MAPS Performance is one of our programs where you'll find contralateral-type training. You'll find uh, this kind of functional-based training whose side effect oftentimes is an improvement in aesthetics. In fact, a lot of the the gym-focused people who've gotten a program like MAPS Performance will comment and say, "I I expected to move better. I did not expect to look better. But now that I move better, my body's starting to look better. It's because it's, it does a good job of identifying some of those weaknesses um, and imbalances in the body. You know, speaking of a of an uh, activity like bird dog, bird dog isn't some great muscle building exercise, but could it contribute to exercises that are better at muscle building and make them more effective? Absolutely. That's the way you got to look at some of these exercises. Yes, there are exercises that are just the best you know muscle building strength building exercises but are there other movements that can unlock the potential of those exercises and make them more effective because it really doesn't matter if the squat is a phenomenal muscle building exercise if your body is incapable of unlocking the the full potential of a squat now it doesn't matter that a squat is a great exercise for you it's not mm-hmm. because you have problems with movement contralateral training is one tool in the tool belt that helps unlock it's part of that mobility Uh, application. It's part of mobility. It's part of uh, improving activation of muscles. It's part of getting you to move better. And when you move better, you can train better. And when you train better,
0: you look a lot better. Next question is from Kairos Captures. Are alkaline and pH water another processed item on the market or are they worth the money?
1: Here's a great example of Taking you know maybe some applications of alkaline water and saying there may be some benefit, and then just you know doing it across the board yeah, bastardizing which it, which is yeah. So okay, so alkaline five
2: dollar bottle of water no
1: right. So yeah. water has I think normal waters pH levels like <laughs> eight eight or eight point five or something like that, and something that's alkaline is over that. And oftentimes the way that they improve its alkali you know the the alkaline quality of water is by adding certain. <laughs> Buffering minerals to the water. So now, you know, water is a little bit more alkaline, meaning it will counteract some acidity um, in the body. What are the potential applications? Well, I guess if you have acid reflux issues, maybe it might help a little bit, in which case, I'd say eat a Tums. Or a yeah. aids which is way more alkaline. It'll solve that that issue a little bit yeah, better. Or just
3: eat, you know, like non-inflammatory foods.
1: Yeah. Now, is it going to change the alkaline uh, of the you know, the the measurements of your body? Probably not. Your body. Maintains its pH balance pretty damn good. That's how I
2: thought they dispelled this, right? I thought they did because that's how the true way to test if this works is to drink this stuff and then like take a take a piss test, right? Isn't that how they would measure and like see if it's actually changing it?
1: Yeah, your your body is very very good at maintaining a certain pH level because if it goes a little bit outside of that, even if it goes too alkaline or too acidic, it's not good. It can become quite dangerous. What you might get is a little bit more alkaline in your gut. Um, just like you know, eating a, a calcium or magnesium uh, product like Tums or, or Rolades. Um, otherwise, well, just just regular spring water like isn't it
3: too like most people that and i know in my case uh, specifically like i'm not producing acid when i should be producing acid and so that's really the biggest uh, problem that uh, i've been facing and, and so it'll show up in you know at night or, or or inopportune times where i'm needing to to digest food and it's it's training that to you know, my body to, to, to really get that response while I'm eating the food.
1: Yeah. And I mean, here's the, here's the other side of it, right? If you drink water that is devoid of minerals and it's all you drink, you could cause electrolyte imbalance. Distilled? Yeah. Distilled would be the worst, right? If you Mm. just drink distilled water, you could cause problems right? because you're, 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 you're flushing out or excuse me, causing imbalances with electrolytes. So just regular mineralized uh, spring water, tap water, believe it or not, is fine. pH water, you're spending more money for something that does nothing for you. And what if you're what if you're not producing enough acid and you throw more alkaline? You can actually make the problem. Well, yeah,
3: I guess that's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah you can make the problem worse.
1: even worse. And, and this is what marketers do. They'll take something that everybody knows they need more of, like water, and they'll say, "How can we?" Inexpensive, you know, in a very inexpensive way, make it seem more valuable to buy our water. So they'll say our water's pH balance is high. What they do, they added a little bit of, mm-hmm. you know, magnesium to it or something. Isn't like not it that?
2: interesting to you guys? Like, I want Doug. Do you have any idea? You're old. Do you have this? You probably have a better idea. Of this <laughs> do you one.
1: remember when uh, water would, yeah. no, mean, was no? I mean, invented.
2: No, I mean, I remember as a kid. I've, I mean, shit, we drank from the garden hose for at least a half, like a quarter of my life, I would say. So they didn't. There wasn't even more than It was just hydrogen oxygen. Bottle water wasn't even a thing. Like you couldn't buy, you didn't go buy bottled water anywhere. Like that wasn't a thing. That was like, if you did, you were like storing for like-
1: You were like rich. Only rich people bought like- I Not know. even
2: that. It was like, because you're going camping or somewhere and you wouldn't be able to get to water, maybe you bought the, but other than that, nobody bought water bottles. Like, right, Doug? Yeah. It was
0: like, you just drink- no, just drink out of the tap, hose, right? right? And yeah. so this has to be like
2: a, a multi-billion dollar industry now that
0: didn't even exist like 20 years ago. Oh, at the yeah. time I can remember when it first came on the market and I go, why would I pay for water? This is- is ridiculous, yes. is yeah, right? We gotta yeah. start bottling up air, uh, bro. <laughs>
1: Spaceballs, remember yeah. in space, yes, balls? I know you're, the, gonna be, uh, you're gonna buy a can of air, yeah. You remember that? Oh, you're, I did yeah, buy a right. can of
3: air. I, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. That's totally like the next move. I think. Yeah, you guys are onto something,
1: yeah. yeah no, with you know, it's you know, it's funny too, is that bottled uh, water is one of the, the, the largest contributors to waste because of all the plastic bottles. So people are like, This is good, you know, it's healthy, yeah. whatever. You've got all these plastic bottles that we're dumping into you know those into, islands of plastic. Yeah, it's um you no, know, there's no there's no huge benefit. Just regular water is fine. Tap water is usually fine. If you feel like you need to clean it further, buy yourself a purifier so you're not, you know, wasting a bunch of plastic bottles, but pH water is largely a
0: total gimmick. If you're a real gangster, you'll drink out of the garden hose. Yeah. Next question is from land 3 Emma. Is foam rolling good for recovery and can it help you recover faster? Sure. Yeah, I think oh, I love it for this.
1: This accident. is so they do studies on massage so that that would that's where you're gonna find the studies that'll that'll point to this the best and say okay does massage help with recovery? Um, it's hard to measure that because there's perceived pain, in which case massage helps because you feel like you're less sore. Is it actually speeding up recovery? I don't know. I think it can, but not because it's it's it, the foam rolling or massage itself is reducing uh, the inflammation or making the recovery faster. I think the fact that you feel less pain now you move more and that is what i think facilitates recovery. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, because i know mm. i know if you just sit still you're not going to recover as fast as so you, you have I can see
3: that from being restrictive like after a workout like i feel tighter like and, and you're less likely to uh, get that circulation that really yeah. is the part of the recovery process but Yeah, I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting to see if you could, like, manually manipulate. uh, uh, I don't know. how. Well, you could test
2: that. The way you would test that is you would actually, you would massage a group of people and then they would lay in bed and do nothing, Mm -hmm. right? And then you would massage another group of people and they would go about their day and then you would not massage somebody. that's And so all of them would need to be really sore, right? So the goal would be you know, overtrain, overreach, get everybody, like, really sore. So legs, right? It's real easy doing that with squats or something, right? So you get everybody really sore. You have one group that gets massaged and then goes about their day, so they keep moving around. You have one group that gets massaged, lays in bed, doesn't do anything, and then you have another group who doesn't do either one of them, right? And then you measure to see how, what the recovery process
1: is. Yeah, what their performance yeah, is. Yeah, you often. know, the, the
2: more I think about it, I think, Sal, your theory it makes a lot of sense. Like, it's, it's probably less to do with the actual massage itself because... I mean, it's somebody who used to get massages all the time. I mean, that's what Katrina did, right, when we first met. Uh, you know, you, you train and you're really sore. I mean, everyone's like trained legs and then you yeah. had a day where you're just like, oh, you, yeah. you, you, you're oh. like
3: shuffling around. Yeah, you're yeah. stiff
2: when you move. And so you so you you probably limit the amount you move around because of how sore you are versus not, you've, if you've ever experienced a great massage like that. And you walk out and you're like, oh, my God, my hips are opened up and you feel good and you kind of go about walking. So that's probably you're probably right the, the even if there is some science to support that it's doing something for recovery it probably has more to do with the movement and the blood flow oxygen nutrients getting uh, afterwards yeah. and right? it
1: depends on how it's being done like deep tissue tissue massage or, you know, when people... You ever seen those foam rollers that are, like, made out of wood or when people go crazy with it? Like the knobby one? Yeah, like when you go deep enough with massage uh, or, you know, foam rolling, you are causing damage. You Uh, are causing a little bit, not like when you're working out, but you can cause some muscle damage. I don't think that's going to speed up recovery. I, I really do think it has more to do with the fact that you... Because the pain is reduced, just like stretching. I think stretching would do the same thing. Stretching gets me to move. Trigger sessions. I think you're moving. You feel less pain. You move more. That facilitates recovery. Staying in bed, not moving due to whatever reason, whether it's because you're being lazy or because you're too sore, slows down recovery. It blunts the uh, adaptation uh, signal. It blunts the muscle-building signal because you're not moving. Like If you got really, really sore and then did not move at all, you you're you might recover but you're not going to build any more muscle because the signal you're sending from not moving is going to probably overpower the workout that you just did you know if i hammered my legs on monday didn't move till the next monday i guarantee i wouldn't get stronger i'd probably get weaker what is it
3: called is it raking or reeking the the, the, the reiki. most reiki. Like, yeah the most aggressive intervention that people do and they get all bruised rolfing rolfing yeah, thank yeah, you
1: yeah, yeah yeah no reiki is uh, is like energy Oh. In fact, they don't touch you. I went to the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why this is all uh, like, you know. I thought you were to touch me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you going
3: to put gloves on? Yeah.
0: Uh, when does the pain start, guys? Uh, These ham hawks. Yeah. I can't keep my hands off of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Petro Julie. In your opinion, how credible is a personal trainer if they're not in their best shape at the moment?
1: Yeah.
2: In the, their best shape? So that's judgmental. A high, yeah, that's a high standard, right? You
0: know, working
1: with a lot of trainers, uh, I'll tell you the, the... Okay, if you're really out of shape, it'll probably hurt your business. Of course. Because yeah. Because people are going to look at you and judge your ability to train your them. That's business card. Yeah. But uh, look, uh, the, some of the most successful trainers I've ever actually all the successful trainers I've ever had the most successful ones none of them were the most ripped fit looking trainers they definitely worked out and they took care of themselves no
2: because what comes with that is obsession and those people yeah. and that I think it's 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 rare but if you can find somebody who can keep themselves in extremely good shape and then also has tremendous amount of humility uh, around it uh, I think that's a really dangerous combination as far as they'll be very probably successful but many times when we see a trainer who's Absolutely jacked, they're still dealing with insecurities that drove them in that direction to be that way. And so they tend to be more cocky, more arrogant, they're less relatable. And so it doesn't actually translate into more trainer sales as it is. So having a nice balance, right? So if you've got a, a definitely a physique that someone looks at like goes like, oh, he or she works out, they look great or what like that. But maybe not so crazy that it's intimidating. I think that's probably the sweet spot for like as far if we're talking about like business wise mm-hmm. for a trainer.
3: And, yeah, the, is and it Aria, he's like the only one I've met that is like has like an insano physique, but is still relatable and nice. You know? Yeah,
1: it's the relatable part. Yeah, that's a hard. It's a hard combo. I mean, how do you relate? Even I had challenges relating some. T- and initially, when I first became a trainer, because I I, I assumed that people hired me and were ready to jump into it with the fanaticism that I had. And it took me a second to figure out that most people don't want to work out all the time. They don't love it so much that they'll do it all the time. Right, right. I have to figure out how to relate to them and they have to, you know, to in order, in order to communicate to them how to make this a part of their life. One, tra- I remember one time I, I, I uh, took a trainer or took a member off the floor and recruited them as a trainer. It was a member who lost 50 pounds coming to the gym, initially worked with a trainer, worked out on their own. By no means did they lose the 50 pounds and look like some you know, super ripped person. They lost 50 pounds and looked normal and relatively healthy. They don't look like a crazy personal trainer. I recruited them, and that trainer did such a good job relating to other people. In fact, other people liked hiring him because he looked like, you know, more like they did than like the super ripped trainers. And he did very, very well. I think you have
2: to have a balance. I mean, I, I've talked to a long, it's been a long time since I've brought this up on the show, but there was a time, I think it was like, I was on year five or six as a, as a fitness manager. And up until that point, uh, I just assumed that that had to be mandatory. Like I can't hire a trainer who's not fit. They need to be at like, they need to be really fit for most people that that to, for me to even consider hiring that originally. And then I thought, you know what? Like after I've been training trainers for such a long time, And then he met me. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe maybe you were like, no, I'm just kidding. A hell you were fit. fit. You were a freaking football player, so that you were still fit. He was there. So With no, layers, I'm talking like on top. Of I'm it. talking about I. I actually went to like an extreme level. I I I hired somebody that. The average person wouldn't think worked out at all, but they had they had dropped a good thirty thirty plus pounds themselves. They had a good. They'd story. been on the journey. Yeah. They were. They had. Uh, they had experience uh, is with um, their their education. They had a kines degree. They had got a national certification, so they had a good education level. They had experience losing weight, but definitely did not look the part. And so I went on this kick of like hiring some trainers that were like this to see how they would do, and being completely uh, uh, transparent, they didn't do very well. They had a hard time. They they struggled with that because many people are very judgmental, right? and a, a lot of people right away if they want to change their physique, they want to be inspired by the person that that's coaching them. But at the, to a point, they don't need to be so crazy ridiculous. They just need to be better than the person that's hiring them. That That's a challenge, right? If you're somebody who's like 20 pounds overweight and your trainer is 30 pounds overweight, it's really tough for you to get inspired by them, even if they've already had a big journey and they've lost it. And that's not to say, right. I don't want to discourage somebody who's in that situation that's having success. There's always exceptions to the rule. I've seen I've seen fat trainers do really really well. If you got a mouthpiece on you, you're likable, there you can overcome any of that. Mm-hmm. But there's there is a point that I think it it matters for a trainer to have an easier time being successful that looking relatively fit I think is important, but also not being so so fit that you're not relatable because I think right. there's a part of people that want to see something that's actually kind of attainable too. Like if you see someone who looks like a cover model, sometimes people just bright it off like, I'll never look like that girl or that yeah, guy. Yeah,
1: and also, I also, look, the most successful trainers I've ever worked with had the right attitudes. They really had a passion for health and fitness. Now, the side effect of that usually means that they're pretty fit because they believe what they're preaching. Right. So I don't know if it's necessarily, except for the extremes, the fact that they looked fit that attracted clients. I think it's more that they actually believed in what they talked about mm-hmm. and the side effect of that being that they lived that lifestyle as well. And that's what made them successful trainers. Well, it's really, it's the passion.
3: And it, it, the thing is, regardless of what they look like, if you can see like how much they're trying to, they've tried to improve themselves and like how passionate they are about fitness, uh, you know, that's going to come across. And so like, it, unfortunately you're going to see that with some trainers that really don't put a lot of attention into themselves and they don't uh, take themselves that seriously. That's going to come across to to the client. And so you just got to check yourself on that. Are you, you yourself trying your best to, you know, present
2: yourself in a certain way. The consumer sometimes too, is like, they don't know what the hell they're looking at. Like I've had trainers that don't look super fit. Like they're not ripped. They don't have abs. Uh, And maybe they're carrying a little bit of extra body fat, but shit, they're mobile as hell. They're strong as hell. Like they have other attributes that they care. They care less about the way they look. They're like, I'm not hung up on trying to be, you know, single digit body fat percentage, but they're, they're deeply passionate about mobility and strength Mm -hmm. and being functional And so maybe the average consumer who's been marketed to all the time by these billboards or ads and magazines of this is what a trainer should look like, they assume that, oh, this is what... If they don't look like this, they're a lazier or less intelligent type of a trainer, which that couldn't be further from the truth because there's many times there's trainers that Actually, are very secure with who they are. They don't give a shit about comparing themselves to the next guy or tra- guy or girl that's you know super ripped. They care about the other aspects of health and fitness. And until you meet that trainer, or get to talk to them, you may not know that. So that's I would good, caution th- consumers, and that's
1: a good point because the, then you look at the opposite. Like a, a consumer who doesn't know any better may look at someone who's shredded and think, "Oh, that's a good trainer," not realizing that that person has bad relationship with food. They severely restrict themselves or they binge when a show is over, that they have zero balance in their lives or fanatics to the point where it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so looking at them, you're like, that person understands how to help me develop a lifelong relationship with, <laughs> right. with fitness and health. When in reality, that person doesn't even know how to do it for themselves, let alone do it for another client. And, some, and I've seen those trainers – and I've seen the way that they train their clients, and it's like they tr- the way they train themselves. Here's your meal plan. Follow yeah, this. Stick yeah. to it. Here's your cheat days. Eat whatever you want. This is when you can go off. Oh, here's how you're going to restrict your, your water because you're going on, to the beach. And I'm like, what are you teaching your client? Right. This is yes. not the way to Terrible. to you know produce success with people. Look, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio. Come check us out on YouTube, Mind Pump Podcast. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find Doug, the producer, at Mind Pump Doug.